right. Hello and welcome to Swing Smarter Monthly Newsletter. This is your host, Joey Myers from HittyPerformanceLab.com. And on with me is a special guest, a special surprise, Mr. Matt Noakes, a former major leaguer, two-time All-Star, Silver Slugger Award winner. And the day that I met Matt was probably three or four years ago. I was introduced via the Backspin T Bros, Taylor and Jarrett Gardner, and we were talking hitting the whole time down in San Diego. I think it's when they had the All-Star game there in San Diego. And we were even talking hitting in parking structures at the uh, different levels. We went to a library. We went all over the place. So, uh, Matt Noakes, welcome to the show. Thanks, Joy. First, you know, thanks for inviting me. You got it, sir. Hey, I wanted to kick off. I wanted to talk about, because we're going to be looking at the idea of staying sideways at the lower half, directional force, uh, all that kind yeah. of stuff. So I wanted, uh -huh. to, I wanted to get your view, since you've been, you introduced it to me and introduced it to the backspin tee guys, what, what's the major benefit of staying sideways and uh, maybe a detriment to not staying sideways, maybe over-rotating, which I see a lot of young hitters do? Well, I think there are, are several reasons. I mean, it's a whole system, right? It's, right. it's a... It, it it's your lower body and it's been misinterpreted for so many years because of um, well the communication wasn't necessary let's just say when a major leaguer is talking to another major leaguer they're just spouting out words that don't mean the whole whole heck of a lot or, or could mean 50 different things but they're talking to someone who's been watching their teammate they know what they're going through. And so if they say just a little bit, they know what they're saying. And so a lot of the conversation is nonverbal. Um, and so, um, you, you know, this whole thing of using your hips, you know, is, is just something that has been brought up to people. And if you think about it, you know, when you're hitting, you know, for people who haven't been hitting or, or who don't know how to hit, they, they don't see the patterns that you and I see or that a, you know, high school, college, pro player or major leaguer, they don't see the patterns that we see. And so the varying levels of, you know, there's a huge amount of information that you need to know just to see certain things, right? Right. And so it's what, you know, it's, it's why there's this confusion. Um, and people, people just haven't really taken the time to, or they just didn't feel like, feel the need to explain anymore because as one of my good friends, uh, Daryl Evans always says, he says, well, I can't tell you everything. You know, <laughs> like, he'll, like he'll explain some awesome conflict. I go, why didn't you tell me that, you know, 20 years ago when we, we were in the big leagues? He goes, well, I can't tell you everything. I figured you knew, you know, you know, you know, he hit 400 or over 400 home runs, you know, so, yeah. but, uh, you know, there were some things that he didn't question and things that I question, and vice versa. You know, well, I, I wish I would have had that, in, you know, that information from the beginning. Right. So, you know, and it's, so it's not so much that we see the patterns, because everyone sees, oh, you know, that, the, the, you know, that front leg straightens out at some point. That must be important. Okay, well, it kind of straightens out when you block. Sometimes it doesn't when, when you're way into your legs. The point is, is it's block, blocking, and because there's rotation, it's going to straighten out close to contact. And um, but it's not if, like everybody knows. If you ever th 
thought about straightening out your front leg, thinking that that's going to be a key, that's going to be one of my adjustments, one of my adjustments, so that I'm going to get three hits tonight, you know that that would be like the worst thing to think about. <laughs> you, know, right? you, you would leak, you would just pull, bolt, and leak your, your way up and out over the top. But, so having said that, um, it's not enough to see a pattern. You have, you have to be able to go beyond that and see the model. You have to be able to model what's going on. You have to know, you have to see it in three dimensions as opposed to, you know, drawing triangles. You need to see the pyramid. You know, you need to see more of really what's happening to understand it. So when you look at somebody hit, you see their hips turning. I mean, it's like, well, you know, they, they do turn. Yep. You know, I mean, I am watching them turn, um, but you have to look past that and say, okay, the, the what is making it turn? And when it comes to, you know, well, why does it turn? And when it comes to all the other comments about, about using the ground, which is, you know, you hit from the ground up and you need that ground force and, you know, and starts from the bottom and goes up, you know, and, you know, the back foot turns, the, the back knee turns, the hips turn, the core turns, the shoulders turn, and then you swing. That makes sense if it was geared that way, but it's not. Yeah. Because your power source is your, well, is your trunk, your upper body, or let's call it the core, but yep. I think it's even more general than that. I think you just hit with your upper body, but you use a weight shift, and you need something to swing against. You know, like if you're hanging, if you're hanging on a rope, <laughs> yep. you can't really turn. You know, I mean, you could, but you're just wiggling. Right. So, if you get your feet on the ground, then you can turn your upper body. Um, anybody that sat on a machine to to work their core rotationally, they know that when you sit into the machine, it clamps your lower body down, or your upper body, one or the other so that you, you can forcefully rotate. Okay, so that's the concept. You know, if you want to rotate, um, you need something to rotate against. And yet, we still see the core turn, uh, you know, I mean the hips turn. Okay, well, yeah, it's because they're attached. And at contact, you've unloaded your backside. And because you've unloaded it, well, of course, it's, it's, free, to, it, it's free to turn. But, and so it, it's that much more important that you get in a really good position. So the idea of a sideways approach is it's, it's more, you have, to, you have to get in a good position. Um, it needs to be a consistent position. And um, you have to be on time. And so what that does is it helps you be on the ball. So, um, that may just sound, sound random, random to some people, but I'll give you an illustration or, or I'll give you an analogy. Let's say you're hitting soft toss from the side. I mean, directly from the side. Mm -hmm. And you know how easy that is. Now, I'm a left-hand hitter. How easy it is to crush the ball over, over the shortstop's head, you know, the opposite way, if it's coming from the side. Because you just shift right past it and you smoke it. Mm -hmm. You don't want... You know, you know you're not supposed to pull the ball, but what happens to your lower body? Think about what, what does your lower body do when you get soft toss from the side? 
it firms up and it basically it, it's certainly not as open as it does from the front or I'm sorry like on an inside pitch mm -hmm. um, and so basically it's it's that feeling of being on the ball so it's really important that you are sideways in order to be on the ball uh, so that you're in position into a consistent position you know how when you're hitting okay let's say soft off again when you hit your first ball and you think oh, my shoulder needs to be a little bit more close and then you hit it again and go oh you know my hips are out of position on my foot my foot's in the wrong position you make those fine tuning adjustments well you can do that in soft toss because you can almost automatically manage variables that you got to manage uh, because you're in a controlled setting it's unlike but you back it up to 60 feet and the same the same variables that you could manage automatically that I've been thinking the scenario enables your automatic mind to relate it to something you already know or to just be familiar with the motion for it to be common sense um, and and uh, you can do it um, but we add more variables well then you have to make sure that your routines and how you practice um, that you have those things in line so that you're prepared to not pull off the ball that if you do pull off you know how to, how to make an adjustment to position yourself um, and it's one last thing it's like if you had never seen a, a Phillips head screwdriver never seen it or never even seen a screwdriver mm -hmm. and you were showing me yeah, you know, this is how I'm going to hang a painting. And, you know, you found the stud finder and you found the stud and then you, you know, you, you basically, to shorten it, you screwed it, you twisted a screw into the wall and then hung the painting with that wire, right? It just kind of hung and then you evened it up. So how do you use the screwdriver? Well, there's some utility there. You know what you're doing because you've seen it. It didn't take a lot of examples. You're holding a screwdriver in your hand. You're like, I know how to do this. And how long does it take you to become an expert with that movement? I mean, you think, well, it doesn't take expert movement. Oh, yeah? I mean, mm -hmm. how does a monkey do that? <laughs> or a child? Or a child? Mm -hmm. where, they could do, where a monkey could do other complex things, but not that. Because they can't look at it and see the utility to it. But you and I... And everyone on the planet can be basically an expert in five minutes. So context matters. Right. And, and you know what's unique about our sport is that we only have 90 degrees of fair territory to work with. And right. whereas you look at bowling, you maybe it's, what, three and a half feet of lane. And then even in golf, you can argue that you only have one degree of fair territory and 359 degrees of foul territory because you get rewarded for the shortest amount of strokes to the pin. So one of the stories that you told was really cool on this. I, I don't know if it was Frank Robinson or who it was that you were talking to, but I think you had gone away from staying sideways and you started to, like what most coaches and, and young kids do, is over-rotate that oh. lower half. Um, and then you, you said you, you broke away from what you were naturally doing and you slumped and then you came back. Yeah. So tell that story. Yeah. I okay, so you know, I always think it's important to add empirical evidence, which is that which can be verified or, or falsified by your, by your senses or your experience, your personal experience at the highest level. Sure. 
So my my first year in the big leagues, or my my well, anyway, I just got up to the big leagues, and it it was the All Star break, and I was sitting at the All Star break with twenty home runs. I was hitting like three twenty, and like fifty seven RBIs. You, you could say I was doing well. Yeah. <laughs> and I was hot. Mm-hmm. And I was young. And Dave Bergman and Bill Madlock, teammates of mine, were shagging balls at first base. And I guess they were talking to each other, and they came up to me, and they said, man, Milky, you must really feel on the ball. And I said, yeah. And they go, because your back foot stays sideways. And, well, I didn't know what to make of that. Mm-hmm. And because I had worked that out, that I just knew I was on the ball. So I thought, okay, I thought they were saying, well, it's an orthodox bat, but you make it work. You know? <laughs> so, so I get to the All-Star game, and I'm watching up on the Diamond Vision, and, and oh, that's what they called it then, but, um, and um, watching the highlights and stuff. And it, I started to notice that the back knee pinch. you got to remember, I wasn't really familiar familiar with, with the exact things that were going on and most major league guys really aren't as much as you would think right. I mean that they have a general sense but um, there are things that they don't I, I mean they know what it feels like and they can replicate because of that and and they understand that you know, through feel so I thought man that the back knee looks like it's rotating so maybe the back foot turns too I'm just putting a 20 home run Maybe I would have had 30 or 40 home runs by now. <laughs> so I thought, man, I'm going to really drop that knee in kind of now they're saying you've got to drive the back knee, you know, that's kind of the thing. Or, you know, it, 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 it's just as bad as rotating the back foot. Even though it does collapse, because, but it collapses because it's passive. Right. And it's uh, passive because you've unloaded it. And your upper body's doing, doing the rotation. Um, and so, um, for the next couple of weeks, I focused on that. I focused on, you know, my, my back knee kind of collapsing and my back foot rotating. And I didn't get a hit for two weeks. <laughs> and, but I felt great in batting practice. I was hitting home runs. I was launching balls as, you know, as usual. And my timing was good because, so I couldn't really see the difference in batting practice in order to make an adjustment, because I was crushing ball still, but I knew there was something missing in pe- you know, pitchers shagging that were used to me hitting a certain way, actually approached me and said, there's, some, there's something wrong. I mean, you're hitting balls well, but it's just not coming off the bat the way it used to. And I agreed. I go, you know, I haven't, you know, I haven't got to hit a couple of weeks. And finally, Dave Bergman and Bill Madlock came up to me after a couple of weeks because I'm sure, you know, they had their own life, their own problems they were dealing with, and they didn't notice why I was going into a slump. And they came up and said, what are you doing? I was like, what do you mean? They go, you've never rotated your back foot like that ever. <laughs> and I go, oh, didn't you say I was supposed to? Like, didn't you say I was being unorthodox? I just, I just thought I'd make it better. <laughs> and they go, you idiot. No, that's your problem. And so... You know, we didn't have to. They didn't have to say much, other than it just shocked me so much that I got back in the batting cage and I just started smoking balls, mm-hmm. keeping it sideways. And I went, "Oh, I hit two home runs that game." 
and then from then on, I was, you know, I knew that that was a rule, that was a principle I needed to follow. It, it, you know, even though, even though back then I didn't really understand it. Right. That is one of the, of all my young hitters from, I mean, now I, I just work with uh, 11 or 12 all the way up, you know, junior high, high school, college and stuff. I don't work with any hitters lower than that. But usually the ones lower than that age, t typically if they haven't been overcoached, do that correctly. They, yeah, they yeah, do stay sideways, right? It, they, they get coached out yeah. of it for the most part. Yeah. For the most part. Absolutely. And, and I would say the ones that have been coached out of it, and I'm just getting them, and it's probably about 40 to 50% of them over-rotate yep. that lower half. So you, you talk yep. about this idea of directional force. So talk a little bit about right. that. Well, you know, it takes 8,000 pounds per square foot, or I'm sorry, per square inch, into, into the baseball to hit a baseball 400 feet. And I have no question that even high school players generate way, way more energy than that, swinging the bat that large of an arc, you know, the sweet spot of the bat is moving. And you can generate a lot of force with the baseball bat. It, so it's not that they can't generate the energy, they can't direct the force. And, you know, it's going all over the place. And so they're not getting that, the bulk of the energy through the ball in one direction. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's basically staying sideways helps you that. Um, because it, it stabilizes your lower half so that your upper body rotation is pure. You know, there's no leak in it. So your energy is not going in a lot of directions. So, I mean, you brought up the point about there's a lot of foul ter uh, territory and foul territory. So that's confusing because of the basic 90 degrees that's, that you're hitting the ball in. You know, there's that sliver where you get a hit, you know, maybe... 10 degrees to 36 degrees, and pretty much everything is, is either a pop-up or a ground ball, right, right? right? And then you got a lot of foul territory. It's not cricket. So, you know, um, and then you can hit a ball to the left that you thought you should have pulled, or you can hit a ball to the right that you thought you should have hit the other way, or whatever it is. That can get confusing because you, you don't necessarily understand right out of the box where the direction of force should be, or you're not aware of your personal direction of force until you experience it, until you create a scenario where you can actually rehearse it. You know, it does, because if you get a hit, you don't think you need to go into it very much more. But if, if you're hammering a nail, there's going to be some consequences, you know? Right. Um, because, you know, the nail's going to go flying if you don't hit it with the right force in the right direction. But with hitting... It's confusing because you can still get a hit and lose a lot of energy. You can still hit it hard and lose a lot of energy. But ultimately, so, I mean, that's confusing in itself. You hit a ball the other way one time, you pull the ball the, the other time, and you think you did it right even though you lost energy in both directions, and yet you don't get a hit. The amount of times that you're actually driving the ball consistently goes down but you're not concerned with directional force because you're hitting the ball all, you know, in all directions. It just gets confusing. Right. Well, you, you, know, you don't know what's wrong. You don't know what's going on. What's wrong, what's right. What's right. working, what's not. And you have a drill, the around the world drill. Uh, see if yeah. you can explain that one. That's a pretty good one, I think, uh, for demonstrating that, what you're talking about, the directional yeah. force. Yeah. Well, in short, 
you know, every every major leaguer and advanced hitter has a feel for certain things and and if you if you get to that level you've figured out a way to rehearse or do a drill so that it reinforces good habits, good positions, good timing, good directional force. You may not be aware of it, but you just see the results, the empirical results. And uh, yeah, so um, the around the zone is, or around the world there, is you begin from the side and you get the ball, you know, coming from the side. So there are rules, you know, and why the rules? Well, there are rules because you can't just do the drill any way you want. There's a certain way that it'll be effective. There's a certain technique that will be effective. If you don't do it that way, you're not going to get anything out of it. It's the same for every drill, every rehearsal. If you don't know what you're doing, how you're supposed to do it, you know, what it's for, what you're doing, you know, how, um, how you're supposed to execute it, why you're doing it, and what it's going to feel like, what feel you're searching for, then you're just wasting your time. And as a young player, I remember some of my great coaches, coaches as a young player, you know, they just see me work and work and work and hit and hit and hit and, you know, and I'm hitting, you know, 300 balls into the net and they're like, stop, you know, <laughs> you know, you need to be strategic when you're doing, like, what are you trying to accomplish right here? You know, I don't know. I just figure if I just keep hitting, it'll come to me. No, all that's going to do is lead to a million different desperate fixes. That's all that's going to do. And then I'm not addressing every system, your timing, your mechanics, and your mindset. I'm not addressing those and in, in, in keeping the balance between them. So there are certain rules. So you get a ball from the side. Do you want me to explain it? Yeah. So, so, so when you say side, you mean chest on, so uh, perpendicular no. to the hitter? Yeah. Okay. So you get, I'm a left-hand hitter. So you, you know, imagine you're in the right-hand batter's box and maybe you're just behind it. And so you're throwing it from the side. Mm -hmm. And so maybe you're throwing it at my back hip, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So the way you set up the drill, and I call a drill with a ball and a rehearsal without a ball. Mm -hmm. And there's reasons for that, which I'll go into later. But, um, setting up the drill, so you're throwing it on them. So what I say is I say, okay, the arc that the ball is coming in on forms a line, okay? And you need to pay attention to that line and then draw 90 degrees from that line from, from where you're standing, Joey. Right. So the ball's coming in at me, and then from you out to center field is would approximately be 90 degrees. Yep. And I say, okay. Now, where's your 45 degrees? And then you, as long as you hit it inside of the 45, you'll crush it with your weight. You'll get your weight into the ball because you're shifting into the swing and past the line that you see. Now, that may be complicated um, because there's a certain amount of information that you need to know to actually kind of visualize it and understand yeah, I, why I, it works I like that. i a link to your drill video, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I break it down and I show you, I mean, you go 46 degrees, it's going to be a, a top spin ground ball. Mm. And so, you know, you have to address, you know, the drill, you have to follow the rules. That's the easiest way. If I'm going to give a player action steps and not just try to convince them of some hitting theory, 
You know, it's like, hey, let's get into action. Let's not worry about hidden theory until you until you already feel what, what you got to do. Right. You know, because once you feel it, then all of a sudden your intuition about why you're doing it and what it's fixing will be, will be enhanced and you'll be able to see things that you, you couldn't ordinarily, um, ordinarily see. So you go from the side and so now the ball, let's say I'm hitting it in the, as a left-handed hitter, initially I'm hitting the ball right down the left field line. And then as you work your way around, but you know, maybe hit eight, eight or 10 balls down the left field line opposite field because it's being thrown from the side, as long as I shift my weight uh, perpendicular to the line mm -hmm. and get beyond the line, um, I'm getting my weight into the ball. Because good timing is transferring your weight into the ball on time. And what you'll find is you'll gain incredible power increases because you're getting you're transferring to the ball on time. You're able to regulate that system really well and make fine-tuning adjustments, and you're actually hitting the ball in the correct direction. And so for those of you who don't quite understand it, I can give you an example of or one extreme example. If I was getting that same ball that I would normally hit down the left field line, which is opposite field, if I'm throwing a ball from the side, I've seen guys in the batting cage, and I'd walk in the cage, and when the and they're hitting balls up the middle, let's say. And um, I'm, a, a, you know, if I walk by, a coach will say, hey, do you see anything? No, see. And, you know, okay. And and then I'll take the tee and put it out front. Well, they have the tee in the center of their legs, like inside mm -hmm. and, like, behind their front foot or, you know, uh, between their legs. And they're hitting the ball up the middle. Well, if you got a ball that far back, you got to hit that ball the other way. But it's not very exciting to hit a ball in, into the net three feet away. It's just not that exciting. Right. But that's the direction you need to be hitting them. Um, you need to get your weight beyond that ball to transfer your weight into the ball because we're talking about directional force. But what a player will do is they'll run away from the ball, shift, you know, try to stay on their back foot to clear and get to give themselves kind of room to hit that ball, to, um, to hit that ball up the middle because they're thinking about what they're doing incorrectly. They're trying to hit a ball up the middle that they're not supposed to hit up the middle. Right. And so you just work that drill correctly and then you start moving your, uh, the soft tosser, you start moving them around until eventually they're in the front and you're hitting it down the right field line. And actually when you do it correctly, you can't hook it up. Now you think, well, what do you mean? You could literally have someone right in front of you throwing it at your front hip, and you can't hook it up. Why? Because you got your weight into the ball. If your weight is in the ball at contact, you're in lag. It may not even be a lot lag, you know, a lot of lag, just just enough lag to get that whip. It's, it's just pre-final pre whip. It's just pre where you roll over. It's always going to be if your weight is into the ball. Right. So think about it. If you don't shift your weight into the ball on time, that's a slap. That's a hook. That's a that's called quitting. So yeah. So what what you're getting yourself out of is from quitting, and that and that's what happens when someone is trying to hit a ball that that's deep between their legs. They're trying to hit it up the middle. The only way to hit that ball up the middle is to quit. Mm. Got it. That's a great drill. And I, and again, I'll add the 
the drill video that you have on YouTube in the in the post. Well, hey, man, I I would love uh, to do a part two at some point, but to be respectful right. of your That's time. Good. Uh, what, where can people find you? Are there any special projects you're working on right now? What, uh, you know, just a little bit about where people can, can go to get more information on you. Yeah, thanks, Joey. So you can go to mattnokes.com. I have courses available, and I have a free advanced hitting workshop. And after, if you'd like to consult with me, there's a link at the end of the workshop. But you can also go to callnokes.com and, and schedule a call with me. We figure out what's working, what's not, and create a blueprint. And if I can help you, I certainly will. Um, you can also go to YouTube and find my videos. You, you punch my name in, punch in, punch in Matt Noakes, and, and you can find a lot of my videos on YouTube, my case studies and things like that. So it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Joey. Thanks for inviting me on the program.